We've been in a series here uh, for the past few weeks, with the exception of last Sunday. We had our special speaker come, and I just heard wonderful feedback from different folks who were here last Sunday who really enjoyed her coming and speaking. It was great. So we took a pause from our series, but this series that we've been on is called A More Excellent Way. A More Excellent Way. And what we've been doing is we've been asking the question, you know, to, to look at our lives, look at the different areas in our lives, whether it be our professional life, our careers, or it be our relational life, the, thing, the relationships with other people, relationships with family members, every, every part of our lives, and evaluate and ask yourself the question, how am I doing in these areas? Maybe you're doing good, maybe you're doing not so good, maybe you're needing some help, maybe you're all right in some areas. Look in those areas and ask yourself the question, does God have a more excellent way for me? Even if it's good, does God have a more excellent way, a better way for me in these areas? So we've been looking through the series and kind of touching on different areas of our lives. we the, uh, give you guys a little review. The first week we talked about how to spend a day with God. How do you spend a day with God? Is it possible? The scriptures talk about pray without ceasing. Well, how do you do that? We spent some time talking about that. Then the next week we talked about less is more. That was the title of the message. And we, we looked about having less of what this world offers us and more of what God has for us. And we, we dove into that, and that was, uh, we had a great time. And then the last time I was here, a couple weeks ago, we talked about how the greatest thing, the most, the, the most supreme thing we could go after is wisdom and understanding, is what the Bible teaches us. It says, get wisdom. Do anything you have to do. Beg, whatever you got to do. Take, go at it with all your might. Find wisdom. Find understanding. Get that in your life because it is so important. You need it in your life. And so today, we're going to talk about fame. Fame. And a lot of times when we talk about fame, we're actually going to look at 2 Chronicles chapter 9, verse 1. And so if you have your Bibles, feel free to look into your Bibles where 2 Chronicles is. If you don't know where it is, look at the table of contents. We do that here. It's okay. Find your 2 Chronicles. Look it up, 2 Chronicles. And we're going to look at that and, and see how fame has a lot to say for us. A lot of times we think of the word fame and we associate negative connotations. You know, we think fame, no, I don't care what people think about me. I, I, I really don't, I, I don't care what people say about me. But, but the Bible actually has some things to say about fame and I want us to look at that. I know that when I think of the word fame, I think of the TV show. I grew up, I'm a child of the 80s and so <coughs> I don't know if you guys know the song that was famous at that time and made the TV show. You want me to sing it? All right. How about we all sing it if you know it, Michelle, since you've called a yacht. Uh, you know, fame, I'm going to live forever. I'm going to learn how to fly high. I feel it coming together. People will see me and cry. Fame, I'm going to make it to heaven. Light up the sky like a flame. Fame, I'm the only one that knows this part. I'm going to live forever. Baby, remember my name. Yes, fame. Give yourselves a hand. Very good. Very good. That is what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about fame. And 
we're going to look at this scripture here about fame, and it's in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 9, verse 1. Oh, by the way, in case you don't have a Bible, all the verses I'm going to read are in the big are going to be up on the big screen behind me, so feel free to just follow along up there, okay? So here it says, When the queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. She came to Solomon and talked with him about all she had on her mind. Now, if you remember, I've mentioned uh, in the series th before how many people in our world, we pursue things like wealth and possessions and power. And you could say that today, it may mean that we pursue, you know, we're always trying to get the nicer thing, the nicer car or, you know, the raise or, you know, the bigger house or a better wardrobe, right? It's the things of the, wor of the world, so to speak. But here in the scripture, the Bible talks about fame. And fame is basically like having a reputation, what you're known for. And so the question today is, what are you known for? What are you known for? You might be saying, well, I don't care what people say. I don't care what they say. I don't care what people think about me. Well, if our lives are not helping other people know Jesus, then we have a problem. Our fame should be about letting Jesus shine through our lives. And so what we should be known for is how do people think about Jesus when they think about us? How do people look at Jesus when they see our lives? Does it draw them closer to God or does it draw them further and further away? I don't want to be like them. If this is what a Christian is like, I don't want to be like that. Or, no, if this is what a Christian is like, show me. I, I, I want to know how do I get to live a life the way you're living. Fame. I want to talk about that. Why is fame important? Well, before we, we, we look at that, I want to see how, how, how fame has affected different people in in our history, in our lives, okay, how it's affected you. So I need everybody to show me your thumbs. It could be your, I'm left-handed. You could show me your left thumb just because I'm left-handed. Let me see where your thumb's at. Wiggle them at me. Okay, I'm going to show you a series of pictures, and I want you to give me a thumbs up for good fame or a thumbs down for bad fame. The first one is, show the first one. Survey says, Christopher Columbus. I started with the hard one. I got some thumbs down, I got some thumbs up. He's a controversial figure, isn't he? I know when I was in school, in elementary, he was famous. He was a hero. But then I started learning more about him, and I was like, wait a minute. He brought slavery to the known world. I don't think, and he wouldn't even treat other Europeans right as far as what the history said. So I learned a little more about him, and it was like, ah, he's not such a good figure anymore. So everybody, thumbs down, if you will. Thumbs down, thumbs down, thumbs down, thumbs down. Thumbs down. Okay, next one, next one. Adolf Hitler, what do we got? Thumbs down, thumbs down. Yeah, I agree. I agree, thumbs down. All right, who do we got? Next one. The next one we got is Billy Graham. Billy Graham. We got a couple thumbs up. In case you don't know who he is, probably the greatest evangelist in our era. This is him, Billy Graham. All right, next one. Who do we got? MLK Jr., Martin Luther King Jr. We got a thumbs up. All right, all right. He's got some, he's known for these things. Next one, next one. 
Margaret Thatcher. Anybody know who Margaret Thatcher is? What do you think? Thumbs up, thumbs up. Powerful woman. Just paved the way for a lot of women in leadership and roles. She did a lot of great things. Yes, thumbs up. Another person we got here is Mahatma Gandhi. We got a couple thumbs up. Yes, a man of peace. He showed us a different way to live. You don't have to be, what was it, non-violence. MLK took his cues and learned from that, right? Yes. All right, next one we got Madre Teresa, Mother Teresa. We got thumbs up. You see, we know these people, not personally, but for their fame. It's interesting how when we just say these names, we could either get good feelings or we get the eebie-jeebies, right? Like, uh, I don't think so. I don't, I, I'm, I'm not sure about this person. Well, let me tell you guys a little bit about my name. Do I get any thumbs up and thumbs down? Abdi's, all right, all right, all right. So my name is not really, in case you didn't, <laughs> didn't know, is, it, it is Abdi, but that's my nickname. Everybody calls me Abdi since I was a little tyke, little pike. Everybody used to call me, but my full name is Omero Abdiel Sellas. And I can keep going. Rodriguez, Rodriguez, Boshan, Aviles. I even forgot Lamberti. Hold on, I got to do it again. Homero, Abdiel, Sellas, Lamberti, Rodriguez. Anyway, it keeps going. So, um, but, but, uh, uh, so my first name is Homero. Homero, for those of you who don't speak Spanish, is actually Homer. And so I am a child of the 80s. And so while I wasn't going to school, while I was going to school, the only, um, you know, most people in my grade were not very well read, not like the Iliad and the Odyssey, but most people, all they could associate my name was with the very comical, silly, lazy, don't, yes. And I said, I can't do that. Every time they say my name in school, they're going to think of this guy and they tease. So, I, you know, I've always been known by Abdi. So I, can you call me Abdi, please? And so I left Omero really quick and I adopted Abdi. And so when we had, Marie and I got married and, and after we, we had our first child, I, you know, I told Marie, Marie, what do you think about Abdi? We found out it was a boy. What do you she was like, sure, that wasn't much discussion. It was like, Unanimous. Abdi is going to be the name Abdiel. That's my middle Almero Abdiel. So Abdiel said that's that's the name of our of our firstborn. But then we got pregnant for a second time, and we weren't prepared to have another boy. We had the first name figured out, but the second name, not so quite, not so much. So we started praying and researching and finding out what should we call our second born. And so I had decided, I got this name, and I decided, and I, I, I brought it to Marie, and was like, yeah, I like that name, that sounds good. So we went with that name for six months of her pregnancy. And then all I started to do is I kept thinking about, oh my gosh, the only other person I know with this name in Miami, in, in my life, is a guy in Miami who was not a good guy. He was a criminal, he did some bad things, he was famous for a while, infamous actually for a while. It's like, wait a minute. And then now every time I think of the name, I see that person's face. I'm like, I can't do that to my kid. I can't call him this. And then every time I think, I see his face. I see this other guy's face. Can't do that. Can't do that. Told Marie, she's like, no, no, I can't do it. Now that you told me, I can't do that either. You know, it's this fame that we associate with people. You know, if we would have had a girl, you know, I, I would have told you a, a name I would definitely, Madison, I would definitely not, because Madison broke my crayons when I was in elementary school. And so I don't care. We're not calling her Madison. 
if you have a medicine, I'm sorry, but she's not going to be my daughter, you know? And so it's interesting how we associate this Rep, this faint with names, it's, it's interesting how we have this association, how our names are connected, but not just our names, how, how we associate fame to people, whether it be good or whether it be bad. You know, God wants us to build and have fame. He wants us to be known for certain things. God wants us to be known for things that reflect who He is that we are people of the book, that we are spirit-led, that, that we are people who follow his words, that, that we have a love like God loves, that we have this love inside of us, that we're filled with his grace, that we're joyful, we're, 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 we're peaceful, we're kind, we're gentle. What am I talking about? Anybody know? We're, we're, we're gentle, we're kind. The fruit, we're talking about having the fruit, that we are known for our fruit, that when people see us, they see that person is gentle. It's attractional. They see us kind, and they, they see us loving and self-controlled. Can somebody say yes? All right. So why is our fame, what, why is this what we are known for? Why is it so important in our lives? As I was writing and as I was processing this message, getting ready for today, I, I thought about a bunch of different things, a bunch of different things why fame is important for our lives. But I'm just going to talk about three. So if you're taking notes, you can, you can write this, and then we'll revisit this again at a later time. But number one is that it, it can instill confidence in your life. It can instill confidence. If you have fame, a good fame, what you're known for, a reputation, um, it, it can instill confidence in your life. Faming Jesus. Faming, making Jesus famous in your life. Look at what Proverbs 10.9 says. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. I gave you an example of Billy Graham, and everybody gave me thumbs up, right? You know, this is the, one of the only guys I know. I know I, I, I've been around the church world all of my life, and I know about a lot of different evangelists and speakers, and, but Billy Graham is one of the only guys I know that in the span of 45 years or 50 years or, or longer of his ministry, not one scandal. Not one scandal is he known for or been shot. I mean, you can Google him. There is no, there's no drama when it comes with him. There's no scandal. Why? He's an, if anything, he's known as an upright, honest advisor to the president. I mean, he's just this guy who's above. Why? Because he's integrous. He's a man of integrity. He's a man that's held integrity, who he is when no one is looking. He's decided to be this man who is honest. And so you can look at him in different lights and still see that this man, he's just secure. Now, when you're not always honest, when you don't live a life of integrity, you're always kind of watching your back. Oh, no, no, no. Don't unlock my phone because you might see some pictures in there that I'll be ashamed of, right? I, I know I'm supposed to write down 40 hours at work, but... You know, I mean, I'm so, I know I'm supposed to work 40 hours, but I, I only work less, but I always put 40 hours. But what if my boss finds out? What if he finds out that I'm not really working those full 40 hours? Or, you know, at school, I, I, I've always kind of shortcutted in classes, and so now that I've passed the exam and I cheated my way through, I'm about to take my next class, but I really don't know this material that well. What am I going to do now? Because I, I kind of 
took the fast route. And so now I'm going to be overwhelmed with this ne next class that builds on the previous. I don't know what I'm going to do. Or what if, what if they find out? What if my kids find out about the affair I'm having right now on Facebook? Those converse, inappropriate conversations I'm having with others. And what if my kids get on my Facebook and they find out the affair, that, or not just the, you know, the, the verbal, but the physical affair that I'm having right now with someone else and I'm not being, what if they find out we're, we're insecure when we don't live a life of, of, of honesty, of integrity, our fame, we start to second guess who we are. So why is it important? Because it instills confidence in our lives. Number two, the second thing is that our fame speaks for us. Our fame speaks for us. We see this illustrated in 2 Chronicles chapter 9 in Scripture where we see Solomon and the Queen of Sheba. She's having a discussion. Now, now real quick, I mentioned before Solomon, the Bible tells us, wisest man that ever lived, right? Um, he, the wisest man, and it, it says that he... He, he would be asked questions. He was full of wisdom, and he wrote a lot about wisdom. He had wisdom. He, he, remember uh, the two weeks ago when I talked about Solomon, about get wisdom, get understanding? The one thing he asked God for was wisdom and understanding, so he wrote a lot about it. Solomon, very wise. So this lady hears about him. This queen hears about him, hears about his fame, and decides to come and ask him some questions. And so when the queen of Sheba had heard, remember his reputation had gone before him. It spoke for him. And so our reputation, our fame, could kind of speak and go before us. Solomon was, was good, and it had gone before him, and she had heard of his fame. And so she came to Jerusalem to test him and to ask him some hard questions. Now, gentlemen, I, I, I don't know for the gentleman in the house, I don't know what kind of questions she tested the man with. You know, like, do I look fat in this dress? You know, all I know is that I would have loved to have been to see what the wisest man in the world responded to that question if that was, I don't know what the content was, but would have loved to have been a fly on the wall to find out what kind of questions she was asking him. But so anyway, she tested him with hard questions. She came in and here's, here's what she did. She came to Solomon and she talked to him about all that she had on her mind. Now, I don't know how long that took, but I can only assume it took a while because she spoke about all she had on her mind. And from my experience, that usually is a while. But I have no idea. But anyway, so she said everything she had. Solomon also wasn't just wise. He was, he was patient, it looks like, as well. So he goes on, and here's the thing. Scripture then says that, you know what? Not a single question was too hard for Solomon. He, he answered them all. And when the queen says this, she says this. Here's the scripture. The report I had heard in my own country about your achievements, and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe what they said until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half of the greatness of your wisdom was told to me. You far exceeded the report that I've heard. Have you ever met someone that you knew them before you knew them because people had just talked about you. To, about, I, I know, for example, I've been here for 10 months, for going on 10 months, and I love it. It's been great. But there's a few names that I just feel like I know, the past waters. I have never met them, 
But I just feel like I know because we, and people here, when I have conversations with folks, they tell me, do you know the Passwaters? Man, I don't, but I wish I would have met the Passwaters because the Passwaters get mentioned every, I love it. It's their fame. It's gone before them. That's one of the names that just comes to mind. But I, I hear of different, did you ever meet this person? No, I never, but I would have liked to because, man, it sounds like these people were really special, special people. Now, I mentioned earlier pictures on the big screen, Billy Graham and Mother Teresa and, and um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., right? I mentioned these guys before, and, and we talked about, you know, the reputation has gone before. When they were born and they were given the name, nobody ever thought anything about them. But it wasn't until they started to live their lives. It wasn't until they started to live their lives that they started to gain a reputation of fame. And I think that's interesting. These names, that before they didn't mean much, but now they speak for themselves. When we say their names, and, and sometimes, even like on social media, if somebody goes and tries to speak bad of someone else on social media, everybody else jumps in and says, no, 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 no. You don't know him like I know him. If you only knew him like you would not say those things, you would take that stuff off because that stuff has no bearing on who that person is. And so it goes before you. People fight. They fight and they come to your defense because they know who you are. Your fame speaks for you. Number one is that it instills confidence. Number two is that it speaks for you. And the third thing is that it inspires others. It inspires others. We see this in the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. The apostle Paul here is writing to the people in Corinth and he's, taking to them, he's talking to them about about being a follower of Christ and what that means. And he can kind of feel it out from the people, and he's realizing that they're feeling a little overwhelmed with following Christ. So he just, he just breaks it down, and he says, look, 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 I know it might seem a little overwhelming to follow Jesus, but just do this. He says in verse 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Just follow my example as I follow the, the example of, of Christ. And what Paul is saying here, he said, look, you can almost hear, he said, listen, I get it. You're a little worried about following Jesus. He's Jesus. He's God. He's perfect. And you're not perfect, and so you can't get it all. So just follow me. I'm trying to, to follow Jesus. Just follow me as I follow, as I follow Christ. You'll, you'll be okay. And it inspires others. When you live a life like this, it inspires other people. And so what I want to do for just a second is I want to talk to you all right now who are listening that if you're a follower of Christ, your life should inspire other people. Your life should be inspiring. You should, let me give you some examples. People should be able to look at you and say, when you're going through a hard time, you know, I don't understand how this person still has a smile on their face, even though we know, maybe it's your coworkers, even though we know what that person is going through. They've had to take some extended time off because of whatever. It could be a sickness. It could be a uh, 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 a sickness of a family member, sickness they're going through. It could be uh, just a, a, a situation, a horrible situation in their life going through. They're like, we don't understand how this person is still positive, how this person is still having a smile on their face. And, and, and that inspires them. Our life, our fame should inspire other people. When we spend a, a, a day with God, to have a day with God, it sets you up. You're able to inspire other people when you spend a, a day with God. As a follower of Christ, you should be able to walk in such a way that people look at your life and say, I want that. I want that for me. 
not because it's any of us, but it's because of what Jesus has done in our lives, because that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of us, and, and we have the power to live out this life in a supernatural way. And you might be here, and you might say, well, I'm not the picture you just showed of Billy Graham, or I'm not, you know, as perfect as Martin Luther King Jr., or, you know, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not a great orator, orator, I'm not a great speaker, I'm just a bank teller, or I'm, I'm, I'm just a, a grocery store clerk, I'm, I'm not a doctor, I'm just this simple person, a contractor, a laborer, uh, I'm not, I don't live a, a kind of inspiring life. Okay, so let me just ask you a question. How many of you remember who won Miss America in 2015? How many of you remember who won the Oscars for Best Actress in 2015? How many of you remember who won, uh, I don't know, the U.S. Open? That was going on last year at this time. But let's go back two years. How many of you remember who that was? I have no idea. You have no, Unless you're like a sports person or... You know these things, you study that, you had to because of your profession, but most of us, we don't know. But let me ask you this question. How many of you remember that one teacher that inspired you to, that you can make a difference in your life? How many of you remember that, that person, that coach that pulled you aside and said, look, you got good hands. You can do something with that. How many of you remember that? A coach, a teacher, a friend that was there with you in the deepest time of need. How many of you remember that? You see, we don't have to be, you know, have this inspiring role. We can be every day. God wants to use us in our everyday lives. All we have to do is just be fully devoted to Jesus. And our lives should inspire others to live a life to follow God. Somebody say yes. Let me tell you about a guy that inspired me. His name is Noel Ruiz. Noel Ruiz was my Sunday school teacher when I was 10 years old. And this guy, this guy, it wasn't just the way he taught, because he taught really well. He was a teacher professionally, and then he became a Sunday, then he was my Sunday school teacher on Sundays, so he didn't stop teaching. But he was, he was, he was so inspiring to me because of the way he loved his wife. He was so inspiring to me because of the way he loved Selena and Carla, his two daughters that he had waited for such a long time to have, and he finally had them, the way he parented them. He was so inspiring to me. And let me tell you, he wasn't anybody that you know or will ever know probably until you get to heaven. But his life inspired me to be up here today. So you guys are reaping the benefits of that inspiration from when I was 10 years old. You guys are still, you see what I'm saying? You can have a kind of fame that outlasts, for, that outlasts you that speaks for you, and that inspires others. Somebody say yes. So why should I care about my fame? Because it instills confidence in your life. Because it speaks for you. Because it inspires others. Now, I do want to acknowledge, in case you're here and you say something, you're, you're like, well, maybe like a lot of us here today, you're like, yeah, but I don't have a good fame. I'm sitting here today, and I can tell you that my fame is not all that good. What I'm known for is not all that good. Guess what? Today you can change that. Today your fame can be something different. Today it can be different. Look, look at the scriptures in the book of Revelation, chapter 3. Jesus is talking to the church in Sardis and he says, I know your deeds. You have this reputation, this fame for being alive, but actually 
You're dead. And maybe you feel that way today. You feel like, you know what? I feel dead. I feel dead. My fame is not all that good. And everybody I know around, they know it as well. They know my fame. Or they're about to know it. And let me just say, welcome to our club. Welcome to our family. None of us have had good fames in our lives. We've all messed up. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So none of us, we've all fallen short. None of us have extraordinary fame. But we're building it with the help of God. And when it says that everybody has fallen short, we've all, it means everybody. It means the gal that sang the song just a few minutes ago. She was up here singing. It means Everybody, all of us have fallen short. But there's one person that hasn't. And it's the name that is above every name that the demons, the Bible tells us, shudders at the mention of his name. And let me just say this, that there's those of you who maybe you've come in and you feel like you're in bondage for the choices that you've made in your life. And you live and it just feels like suffocating for you, like, well, I'm just known this way as this fame that's, that's horrible. Let me tell you what the book of Galatians chapter 5 says. It says that, that through Christ you can be set free. Through Christ you can have freedom. Those of you who would say, you know what, <clears throat> I feel distant from God. I, I don't have this fame that I, I want to have a good fame. It can start today. Listen to what Ephesians says about how God wants to draw you Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that by the power of Christ, the fact is that the very fact that you're listening to me speak today means that the Spirit of God has been working in your life and He's been drawing you towards Him. And the Bible says in Ephesians 2 that you can be brought near to God by the blood of Jesus Christ. You can br- God, Jesus can bring you near to Him. Maybe you're here and you're feeling unlovable and unacceptable. The good news is Romans 15, I just read it this morning in my daily devotion, it says that that in Christ you are accepted. Maybe you feel sinful and filthy and dirty. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says that you know what, in Christ you can be a new creation. Chapter 5 verse 17, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed and all things become new. It doesn't matter what your fame was. God can start a new fame in you today. Can somebody say yes? Maybe you're here this week and and, and you feel like you're so bad. I want to tell you, none of you have ever persecuted Christians to the point of death. But there was one in the Bible who did. His name is Paul. And even he, all the scriptures I just read, Galatians, Corinthians, Ephesians, he wrote all those books. And yet he felt like he can get close to God. Formerly known as Saul, he persecuted followers of Jesus to death, and then God used him to write a good portion of the New Testament. You say you're too bad? It's okay, because Jesus is too good. He's too good for you. You say you're too bad, Jesus is too good for you. So don't let your past determine your future trajectory. Because if you're taking notes, understand this. You're creating tomorrow's legacy today. You're creating your fame, what you're going to be known for today. Today. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. It doesn't matter what you've come from or what what you've come into. Understand that you're creating tomorrow's legacy today by having, because today is a new day. 
and deciding in your heart that you're going to follow Jesus and let that fame of Jesus grow in your life. Somebody say yes. Let's pray. Bow your heads. I want to pray for you today. God, I want to thank you for your goodness that you are in our lives. And the fact is, God, that you are good. And because of who you are, we can be good and have a good fame and a good reputation and a good name. And not because of what we've done, but because of who you are. And even as we're praying today with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, those of you who would say, you know what? I am a follower of Jesus Christ, but you know what? I'm convicted today of the fact that I need to live my life with a wee bit more inspiration in my life. Let me tell you, I get that. If that's you today, by the power of Christ, and you want to do that, I want to tell you, I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you. Just stand where you are right now. Just stand where you are. I want to pray for you. If that's you, you say, you know what? I, I, I'm living this life to follow Jesus, but it isn't very inspirational. But today, I got a new revelation. I got a new understanding of what it is to live a life, to follow Jesus, and to inspire others with my life. If that's you, just take a stand. I want to pray for you. I see those of you who have stood. I want to pray for you. Let's pray together. Father, you are the source of our inspiration. We're not good, but you are. And we know that as you dwell in us and as we walk in obedience to your word, that we are fully devoted followers of Christ, that God, I pray that our lives are a reflection of your glory, that we would just push and turn people towards you, that people would be inspired by the lives that we live and that they would understand that the lives that we live are in you and that we would reflect them back to you, and that we would see your goodness, that they would see your goodness in us, God. I pray that we would live lives that are inspirational. In Jesus' name. And even as we're still praying today, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, there are some of you here whom God has brought here for a simple truth. And that is, guess what? We've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. In other words, we're not good. None of us are, but the Bible teaches us that he is good. There is one who is good, and his name is Jesus, the one and only. And God sent him, his only son, to die on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven of our sins and be made right with him again so that we could live lives that could be inspirational through his power. And there may be some of you today who have found yourself in a place of bondage where the choices you've made have caused bondage in your life. We've tried a lot of different things and none of it really is working. And the reason is because there's only one thing that works. It's the power of Christ. It's Christ working in you. It's Christ who makes us complete. It's Christ who forgives us. It's Christ who makes us new. And there are those of us here today We're saying, you know what, I want a new beginning. I, I, wanna, I want a new fame. I want be a new reputation. I want to be known for something different. I want a new name. I want to become a new creation. You will become that. Why? Because you, today you'll say, you know what, I realize I need help from God. And it's not me. It's not in my own strength. I can't do it. I've tried enough 
on my own and it's not working. You know what? I realize today that I need Jesus Christ to come and be my Lord and be my Savior and change me from the inside out and make me into a new creation. The Bible calls out those of you here today whom God has brought here to this place to say yes today to a relationship with Jesus. He calls you son and daughter if you're willing to say yes to him. If you say, come in and make me new, change me and help me to become more like you, those of you who would say that, who would say, I want that for my life, I want to make that decision, that's the decision I'm making today. Jesus, come in and take over and be the Lord of my life. Be my Savior. I'm just going to ask you to boldly lift your hand high right now. I want to pray for you. God bless you guys who've lifted your hands. I want to pray that all of us would just repeat this prayer together. Let's say, Heavenly Father. Let's say it again very strong. Say, Heavenly Father. Thank you for sending Jesus to die in my place, on the cross. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Help me to walk in your ways and to live a life for you that will inspire others, that others would see you in me. In Jesus' name, amen.